hello, hello, hello. I want to welcome all of our listeners in the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones here with you for True Forgiveness Teachings. And I have a friend and special guest with me today, author Barrett Hedin. And he has just written a new book. It's been out for a couple months, Forgiving All My Lives, Clearing Karma with A Course in Miracles. And I'm so thrilled to have him with us on the show. And um, Barrett, welcome. And we got such a great response from when I had you on the podcast the last time. And it's so nice to have you back. And congratulations on the book. Thanks, Jackie. It is a real honor to be here. And yeah, it's exciting to get the book out into people's hands and to start hearing the, the feedback. It's been it's been a lot of really encouraging messages and just hearing how it touches people is, is really rewarding and gratifying. Yeah, I bet. And it's great. I've gotten through <laughs> probably, let's see, I should have counted before this, I think like 10 of the sections, you know, 10 of the, the chapters. And I kept looking forward. I'm like, wow, there's some good stuff coming up. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it. I've loved what I've read so far, and you have such a unique, it's interesting that you're clearing the karma through ACM, you know, through your past lives, you know, and I, I, um, one thing that has come through on your book, and then I'm going to ask you to tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, everything. One of the things that really came through is the, the kindness, the gentleness that's so important. I wrote down a quote that you said, you know, it's important to integrate internal shifts and awakening in a compassionate way without judgment. And I just went bing, 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 bing when I read that because <laughs> I thought, wow, any of my regular listeners know that I talk about how important being gentle with yourself and kind and trying as hard as it is to do <laughs> to to not you know judge ourselves and be critical of our path and our progress um, and so I just love that quote and you know with that said you know tell tell our listeners and friends a little bit about you know how this book came to be because um, you did overcome resistance and, and some blocks <laughs> to putting it out there. So just tell us a little bit about the story of that, how this all came to be. Yeah, well, that quote that you shared is, is from the section, I think, where I'm talking about my journey. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've pretty much my whole adult life, I've been what you could call a spiritual seeker or on a spiritual path of some sort. Um, and one of the early experiences I had was with a group that um, it to me felt like it was lacking in some um, of the compassion that I find so much in the course and in the course community. Um, like, and, I, and I've seen it in other teachings too, where there's like this pressure, there's this pushing around shifting or transforming. Um, and, I, and I think, again, that whole attitude can be lacking in a certain amount of kindness. So for me, that experience led to basically kind of a, a bit of a mental crisis and I ended up in a mental hospital for several days um, but it was interesting because it was simultaneously a very big opening for me mm. so I, mm -hmm. I was opening and I was I was seeing basically that I had all these 
unconscious layers inside me and and I and I got the concept that what I really wanted was to heal them so that I could come back into the truth of what I am and anyone familiar with the course is probably familiar with that um, beautiful analogy that Jesus gives us that really healing is about uh, cleaning the mirror of our mind that we we clean the dark smudges the dark uh, stuff on the mirror of our mind so that the light of God can shine and be reflected through us so that obviously is in harmony with this idea of undoing our inner issues. But again, those early experiences really helped me to understand that uh, for me, I knew I needed kindness to be interwoven into our path, into what I was doing on this journey. And, and so I, I definitely made that a conscious effort as I went forward to, to find the ways that I could do the healing, but it, it, it came with compassion rather than pressure or judgment um, and yeah that that eventually did lead me to a course of miracles um, I took a, a lot of other kind of steps on the path as I think a lot of people have maybe studying other other modalities other mm -hmm. teachings and then but I, I kind of see it as all perfect as the steps leading up the ladder until a course basically came into my life and soon after that I read uh, Gary Renard's disappearance of the universe and it was Yay! like <laughs> light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. You know, this, this is totally it. And I, I really felt at that point that I could basically set everything else down, that this this was it for me. I didn't need to keep seeking. I felt like I'd found my spiritual home, my spiritual path and purpose. Um, and, and so I have really studied the course since 2006. But these, these sort of energetic healing parts uh, of my journey have continued too. And eventually I started to access past lives that I, I had had as a part of that healing process um, to the point where now I actually help other people with their past life issues as well. Um, and, and this book that I'm you know, so happy to have out in people's hands is, is really a retelling of my path, my journey. I, I share dozens of past lives that I've experienced in this book and how using the concepts of A Course in Miracles uh, helped me to, to put them in the right light. Um, because obviously Jesus does talk a little bit about past lives. There's the beautiful section in the manual is reincarnation so. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, he doesn't take a real strong stance on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like this. those dream lifetimes are like this dream lifetime. We seem to be going into a body over and over again, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he says, you know, you don't really need to believe in past lives in order to, to you know, do your forgiveness work. Right. Uh, so if, if you're not into it, don't worry. Basically, he says this isn't... Uh, you know, this isn't a deal breaker. You can still practice A Course in Miracles. <laughs> um, but at the same time, for those who are into it, then we can use these experiences uh, the same way that we use issues from a week ago or our childhood uh, as a part of our healing experience. We can use issues from a lifetime or 10 lifetimes ago in the same way, basically to see that the past is not real um, and that all of our attachments of fear, guilt, and upset connected to those issues uh, ultimately can be healed and to come into balance and resolution through the process of forgiveness that, that Jesus so beautifully teaches us in the Course. Oh, beautifully said. And you know, isn't it so interesting, Barrett, that it's, 
you made a great point about um, looking into your past childhood memories in, in this lifetime is the same as calling on another lifetime if we need help healing something. And often those are steps. You know, I've had many clients over the years that have told me about healing something in their past life that they learned about really helped them move forward in this life. Even though knowing what we know, if we have the template of the course in back of our mind, meaning we know that all this is, is part of the dream, but it can be incredibly helpful and we are encouraged um, to heal our upsets in any way that helps us be in less fear, less anxiety, you know, less guilt. And so that is often reflected in doing past life work, doing counseling with someone, doing however that manifests for people. I think it's really important that um, anytime we're willing to heal, we go in steps with that. We go in stages with that. And so how do we know how that's going to be reflected to us in a level that we can understand, believe in, and that will be helpful without fear? How do we know? And so I think your stories are so powerful. Uh, we'll get into some of them. And by the way, the quote that you were talking about, about the mirror, um, is in your section, Discovering Real Kindness. And nice. I actually <laughs> highlighted that. So we're in sync. I'm going to read it right now. In this world, you can become a spotless mirror in which the holiness of your creator shines forth from you to all around you. You can reflect heaven here, yet no reflections of the images of other gods must dim the mirror that would hold God's reflection in it. Earth can reflect heaven or hell, God or the ego. You need but leave the mirror clean and clear of all the images of hidden darkness you have drawn upon it. And it's so interesting what you say before that quote in your book. As I study it, I have learned that the Course uses words like fear and love as bigger, more comprehensive terms than I was used to. These words represent two completely distinct thought systems that each of us is always choosing between. Fear, as it's used in the Course, covers the whole idea of separation and the great variety of feelings that arise from the mistaken belief that it's real. Love is much more expansive as well. The Course sees love as pure, whole, unchanging, joy, peace. It's the state of oneness with God, which is each of our eternal truth now and always. Mm. That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and to me, all of these things just really fit together so beautifully. Um, you know, this idea that there, there really is no past life because there is no life outside of heaven. Right. Yet at the same time, as we as we release our attachments, we release our attachments to everything. Um, right. You know, looking back at at the Helen's story before the scribing of the course began, she started to have all these visions of past lives she'd had. Some of them with Bill Thetford. Right. And and realizing that these are some deep wounds in her that uh, were affecting her relationship with Bill in the present. Um, <laughs> That's right. You know, so this became an ongoing source uh, of, of opportunity for healing for her. I know that their relationship continued to be challenging for pretty much all of their lives, but 
um, this this was something that was showing up in the present and that's why it really mattered yes what an excellent point we're we're forgiving now we know that right now sometimes that is thinking of when we're thinking of the past or bringing something in from our past it it is healed now though <laughs> in exactly. in the experience that we're having that's a really important point I want to make sure our listeners and friends know that um, wherever your journey takes you it's always about what's happening right now right in front of what whatever that is that's what what you're forgiving your your upsets the things that are giving you pause concern anxiety uh, depression anger intense rage or slight irritation anything that's not the peace of God can be used as the forgiveness classroom here and you have a lot of past life stories I'm wondering if you'll share with the readers your um, the Jesus lifetime story that's fascinating and and um, how you came through that and what that did for you yeah well definitely so one of the lifetimes that I, I opened up into was a lifetime where I was one of Jesus's crucifiers mm-hmm. and um, it was incredibly intense um, to open up into this memory and to see myself taking these actions that, you know and the feeling around it really was well this is just my job as kind of grisly and gruesome as it was um, you know I, I just needed to do it and then to come from this really dark depressed place to this experience of of nailing Jesus's wrist to the cr- to the cross and rather than him having any anger upset or crying out at all all he had was unending pure real love and mm-hmm. it was transforming to to just see that no anger no fear no judgment no guilt um, it definitely turned my world upside down um, I didn't know what to make of it because I didn't really believe in what they were saying about Jesus before that but um, all of a sudden I couldn't I couldn't see it any other way than that he really was the Messiah that everyone was was calling him, even if he didn't take that term on for himself. And uh, just this unending pure love. Um, again, it, it doesn't seem to kind of fit in the world because it is truly from beyond the world. It's not from within the world. Right. It, it's, it's from that unending love that is the truest source within all of us. But that, again, most of us are, are not aware of or not fully aware of and um, one part I didn't actually share in the book was that because I, I was so upset over the, uh, the experience of what I believe is killing the Messiah at the end of that lifetime I, I committed suicide out of the guilt over that experience mm. and um, just this intense kind of confusion in me around what had happened so when I when I had the past life memory of all of that and I came back to you know this current lifetime uh, I was just sobbing I was sobbing because of the intensity of the of the guilt and the, and the upset and the feeling in me around it and in the midst of that deep sad uh, experience I 
listened within and I turned to Jesus. I asked him for help and and making sense of all of this and and I really felt that he he showed up for me and he he said, you know, that nothing has happened. That all of this intensity, all of this this steaming death of Jesus's body was literally nothing. And he was helping me to see that um, so that I could really go to the depth of forgiveness of this experience, to really see that the Son of God is, is innocent and that um, there is no cause for guilt. So even with this really extreme example, I could, I could really receive the healing that was being offered me um, as, as I was you know, going through the awakening journey with this. Oh my goodness, that's, that's so powerful. I thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, that is, it's really difficult. I've done several um, course classes on it, and I, in the course group on, it's hard to imagine that quote in the course when Jesus says of all um, the causes of your pain and suffering in the world, your guilt was not among them. Hmm. We don't understand that from from where we are here that it would be impossible to feel any pain or suffering when you're outside of the dream when you when you know that you're a dream the dreamer and it's the guilt and the fear the choice for separation instead of wholeness taking that tiny mad idea seriously feeling so guilty about that then projecting that out the body being the symbol of this guilt, you know, and sin, so that we believe that the world is real. If you don't believe that, it would be impossible to feel this suffering and pain because the body is just an image. It's just an image in the mind of the dreamer that's projected. But when we choose the separation, when we choose the ego, we're believing in our individuality, that's the experience that comes with us. But it's so powerful in the Course teaching us that we can be led beyond that experience. And it's really challenging to think of that Jesus could not feel the pain and suffering because that isn't what people saw around him, you know, and you'd think that nails, you know, driven into your hand would hurt and they do in a level of form. But when you're outside, the dream that's your awareness that's it'd be impossible to feel any pain and suffering it's just it's a really powerful teaching you know it's true it's very remarkable i think when most of us read early on in the text that the crucifixion was a teaching of love it almost seems impossible like (laughs) how could that be a teaching of love but it's only by going to that level that you're describing jackie that it makes sense you know, when exactly. there is absolutely no guilt in the mind, then then the body is really just an image. Mm-hmm. As we go through our lives, we always are really thinking that the, the body and what happens to the body is the cause. It's the cause of our happiness. It's the cause of our sadness. I hit my toe on the coffee table. It hurts, right? Right. We, it seems that the body has caused that. But, but Jesus is really telling us so clearly in the Course that's not how it is. Right. <laughs> that the suffering was first. The suffering was first in the mind. And then we project that suffering out onto the experience of the body, whether it's a stubbed toe, whether it's a crucified body, whether it's anything else that we go through, an illness, an injury, uh, even just the, the feeling bad when maybe someone says something unkind to us. 
right? It's, it's never caused by a body or anything a body does or says. It's, it's only ever the, the source of suffering is always that belief in separation in the mind. Absolutely. And, and when, we, when we uproot that weed that is growing outside the Father's kingdom, as Jesus, Jesus says in the Gospel of Thomas, when we pull that weed out and, and uproot it, it is gone because it never really had any power to start with, except for the power that we gave it that by we believing gave it. in it. Oh, powerfully said. Two quotes that you use that I've used, I, one's I think is in my first book, I think one's in the second, but speaks to this point. Jesus says, chapter 27, that this is all the body does is true, for it is but a figure in a dream but who reacts to figures in a dream unless he sees them as if they were real? The instant that he sees them as they are, they have no more effects on him because he understands he gave them their effects by causing them and making them seem real. This speaks exactly to your excellent point just now, Barrett, about we choose first. And that yeah. gets projected out. And so we give the world and our bodies in the world their effects. And, you know, this leads me to something, too. I wanted to um, get your um, experience on. It's very helpful to, to the listeners, you know, because people say, well, yeah, how do you get to that point and stuff like that? Well, it's through this, you know, practice of forgiveness. And I noticed throughout your book, um, and because I have it downloaded on my iPad, I can't turn to the to the right page. So I am going to get a hard copy of your book because I like to, re you know, reference it. But I know yeah. through, throughout your book, you were talking about, you know, the benefits of forgiveness, you know, mm -hmm. not, mm -hmm. not the least of which is the ego's anxiety starts to wane, you mm -hmm. know, and you start just being more in a flow. And I find that one of the you can't even put a dollar figure on having peace of mind and looking out onto your world in the dreamscape scape and things just start to not bother you as much my sister and i always have this saying you know gosh i'm i'm feeling the dream i'm feeling the dream <laughs> she knows what i mean and i know what she means you can't really put that into one's words you know but you just, you're less and less invested in a good way. You're able to lead from the Holy Spirit's thought system, you know. And this is what Jesus is teaching us uh, in the Course. And through forgiveness, we start to strengthen the part of the mind that does not believe in separation. And so as that mind is strengthened, that's what's extended out. You're seeing just love everywhere, a call for love. Not that the images have changed, but you understand where the images are coming from. And that's the that, difference. That's the miracle. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, we actually eventually come into the state of lucid dreaming. That that all of our life, even you know the ups and the downs, we start to see it as no more real than a dream that we had in bed last night. And again, I think as you're expressing, that doesn't come right away. So a lot of people will kind of wonder, well, how do I get there? You know, I want to get to Jesus's level. Well, you know, but forgiveness is the answer to that too. That right. the more that we practice, the more that it starts to come in. And 
I, I always sort of encourage people that that generally comes in to start in sort of bits and flashes, right? We get a little, <laughs> right. a little glimpse of that dream. We get a feeling of it for a minute or two. But then as we keep practicing that, that minute or two extends to an hour or two and then to a day or two. And uh, our life starts feeling more and more just like a waking dream in day in and day out. And um, that's, that's what the goal of the course is. You know, Jesus says the goal of the course is basically the real world which is yeah. living in the world, but not believing in it, not holding the ego's hand as we go through all the ups and downs of our daily existence. Um, and again, of course, that will, will take us all the way to, to that level that Jesus was at. Um, but yeah, it's a journey. It's a journey to get there. Yeah, it definitely is. And if anybody out there listening, I know a lot of you uh, have had experience where things just maybe don't bother you as much as they used to, you know, or someone, you see someone or something happens that you think normally would have really rattled you, you know, and you think, wow, I'm just not as bothered by it. The world seems a little lighter because, again, not because of what's actually happening in it, but because of um, your perception, you know, oh my gosh. Um, when Jesus talks about projection in the Course, it's really worth thinking about that concept because, you know, it's, projection is everything. We, we, we either perceive through the ego's lens of fear, which along with that thought system is we, we are the body and we experience all those effects. But if we're in the Holy Spirit thought system, that, the body is not in the forefront. You're, you become the observer of the dream. You're really joining with the decision maker, you know, the part of the mind that chooses how you're going to view the events that are happening to you. How, you know, we're not responsible on this human level where we're seemingly having this experience. We're not responsible for what we see. We're responsible for how we see it that's how we start in from the ego's mind right it, it's real it's something we have to react to it's the cause of everything and it's making me upset everything in the in the world but the Holy Spirit mind that's not the case because you're going from identification with the body to identification ah as mind and I'm projecting this not me as the body but as the one mind that believes it's here. And mm. so it's really powerful to understand what projection really does and what the effects of that are, because as this quote says, the instant that he sees <laughs> the figures in the dream as they are, they have no more effects on him. And another quote you say in the book, which I've used as well, which I love, is what if you recognize this world as an hallucination? What if you really understood you made it up? What if you realize that those who seem to walk about in it to sin and die, attack and murder and destroy themselves are wholly unreal? You know, it takes time, but those are the right-minded thoughts that start to come into our awareness more and more as we practice this thought system, right? It's true. It's true. And I, I just feel called to share another uh, story that I also share in the book, which is 
that again in these sort of glimpses they can be really powerful um this one morning uh, several years ago i was meditating uh, in my office and i was just kneeling on the floor and, and as i opened my eyes after the meditation i had this experience of seeing the floor in front of me moving like water it was undulating like it was water mm, and I, yes. my first you know <laughs> thought was to shake my head and sort of shake myself out of it but i, I got a really strong uh, feeling no this is a gift this is for me and so I just let myself witness this, witness the world being it in a way that I knew was physically impossible. <laughs> um, but it just it just went on for again maybe 20 or 30 seconds or maybe a minute, and then it faded away. Um, but what I really got as the aha was that all of this was coming from the mind. You know, again, I'm mm. not the dreamer. I I'm the dream. I am not the dream figure. I'm the dreamer of the dream. Yes. And as the dreamer of the dream, we start to get oh, this world is—it's not as as solid as we as we thought it was. In fact, the feeling of this world being solid and real—you uh, know—a lot of people say, "Oh, this this dream is so convincing." Well, right. the, reason, the reason it's convincing is because we want to be convinced. Yo, beautifully said. And as we progress, the, the part of us that wants to be convinced starts to diminish. And so all of a sudden, this crazy, unreal world that we find ourselves in starts to feel more and more like a dream that it is. Oh, absolutely. That, that's so well said. These are, these are markers, or you know, for lack of a better word, to, that you know, when you start to awaken, these are, are things that happen, you know. Um, You've shared some some great tips here for people, and you know um, things that that can happen as you're practicing forgiveness and sharing your experiences. I I've had several experiences where um, I'm putting them in my second book. I won't go into them in, in detail, but to kind of stay on this topic, I have written my name down on a piece of paper that we, you sign your name for years and years think of how many times we have to write our name down and resign it didn't recognize the signature looked wow. down on it didn't recognize as if i was just seeing it for the first time when i snapped <laughs> back into it it was that's all the meaning that it has for you that's the wow. thought that came into my mind <laughs> meaning there's no there's no meaning to that really the name mm -hmm. of jackie laura at the time i wasn't married yet so it was Jackie Laura now it's Jones but I had signed my name hundreds of times you know <laughs> and you know another experience that I had I I I didn't get hurt when I took a very hard fall a flip mm -hmm. actually where you, you can't come away unscathed from that but that particular time the the again the thought that came in the guiltless mind cannot suffer you know mm -hmm. now I've been hurt since so I'm not saying I never get hurt but at that particular moment I was I had an experience of wow this is so interesting my forgiveness that I've practiced all these years it went here this time for some reason I did not get hurt from this fall you know so it, it's just powerful I mean um, lots of different experiences like that along the way and hey for the listeners and everyone out there it, it isn't necessary sometimes I've talked to a lot of people who don't seem to have um 
I don't know if you call them mystical experiences or you could put any name you want on them, but these little experiences along the way. And Jesus is very clear that it's not necessary for you to have them. Maybe you've had them in another one of your lifetimes, you know, a seeming past life, or maybe this time around, what if you don't need to have those to believe? So, um, you know, we share these experiences, but remember you guys, you have your own curriculum, you and the Holy Spirit, you and Jesus, whoever you're, you know, practicing it with, and, and you have your path, right? And so it's fun to share things with people, but not in the way that anyone should feel, um, you know, that they're missing something or they're not far along if they don't have these experiences. That, that exactly. makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, like you said, everyone's experience is different. And that's right. Um, so if, if, yeah, if you notice yourself comparing your experiences to what Jackie and I have been talking about here, then that's a forgiveness opportunity too, right? Cause, exactly. <laughs> you know, anytime we're comparing ourselves to anyone else in any way, um, we're, we're basically saying, I know what's best. And as Jesus tells us in the workbook, I, I do not perceive my own best interests. So for That's one person, right. it's, it might be, uh, you know, just forgiving what happens in your daily life is all you need, and that's your perfect classroom. Uh, for other people, they might have some of these experiences. As you said so clearly, Jackie, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, it's not better or worse to have one or another. And just to really kind of just trust what's in our experience and know that whatever is coming our way is exactly what's perfect for us. Mm-hmm. Well said. You know, I wanted to ask you, too, I didn't want to forget to um, ask something that I was reading in your book. I share this a little bit with you. Um, again, I have it in my notes. I can't go to the chapter right now because it's in on the iPad. <laughs> I can't, like, turn turn right to it, you know, like you would a book. But you were talking about leaving yourself out of being kind and compassionate mm. to yourself. And you were kind and compassionate to others. This was a long going, I've had psychics tell me, you know, in the 90s, you know, you, yeah. Jackie, you need to be kind to yourself as you're kind to others, <laughs> right? And and we recognize that, that there are no others, there's no, but, you know, um, the point being, I, I'd love for you to, you know, share a little bit about your experience with that, because I do see a lot of clients that um, they're very hard on themselves, you know, mm-hmm. as I was and that as that I'm reading that, that, that you were. And it's so, it's common and it's our unconscious guilt, guys. We're so critical because the ego is telling us unconsciously that we deserve punishment for this sin. Yeah. And we play that out. And whether it's criticism of others or self-criticism, it's criticism, it's all the same, whether it's pointed to yourself or to others and it's all looked at and forgiven in the same way so I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about your experience with that and what has helped you Barrett yeah well I think a lot of people who feel that they are spiritual or or even just generally kind of nice people have issues with this which is that maybe we we try our best not to attack or judge others um, but the guilt inside of our minds has to be projected somewhere. So if, yes. if we're refraining from doing it to other people, then it, it pretty much is going to end up uh, being directed at ourselves. And it's a very hard and painful thing, as, as anyone who has a lot of self-judgment um, in them knows, to, to basically have this sort of inner tape that keeps repeating and saying negative things or 
again, thinking kind thoughts towards others, being charitable towards others, and then leaving ourselves out of this. Uh, but the challenge is that if, if we're leaving anyone out of kindness, then we're, it's not real kindness. So even if we're just leaving ourselves out and trying to think kind about everyone else, it's not universal, it's not all-encompassing, and, and real kindness is all-encompassing. Um, I remember that Ken Wapnick gave a talk about, you know, two words he said that really kind of sum up the teaching of A Course in Miracles, and the two words that he chose to talk about were no exceptions. Mm, yes. That we can't, we can't carve exceptions out from our forgiveness. Um, and and the more that we do that, the more that we're actually kind of trying to, you know, experience a limited form of love. And and true love has no limits. So, you know, we're not we're not at the fullest um, real experience of it yet. Um, this actually reminds me of another past life that I shared in the book, which is um, I was talking about how as I was studying the course, I was really getting this idea of all-encompassing love and how we need to love everyone and um, I could see that I was I was pretty good at loving the people in my life and being kind to them and even loving you know relative strangers people I didn't know um, but there was one group that I, I really didn't feel like I could extend that love to and it was child molesters mm-hmm. um, and and so again I kept doing the best that I could I kept trying to think you know, these sort of right-minded forgiveness thoughts around uh, that when I would see it on the news or, or however it sort of showed up uh, for me um, until one day where I was uh, going to receive a healing session um, and in the uh, process of that healing session I, I actually opened up into an experience of one of my past lives where I was the child molester. And Interesting. Yeah, and so I could, I, in the experience, I could, I, I felt completely out of my mind. I was, I was insane. I could, I could feel that even as I was molesting this young child, that I was feeling like the victim. I was feeling like, like I had been tricked by them, and um, again, it was, it was this sort of massive delusion that I was experiencing, and. Oh, you know, when I came back from that memory, I, I was just sobbing with the intensity of it. And, um, but I, I worked through the healing, you know, I, I practiced the forgiveness on it. I, I came to see that I was actually hating these child molesters that I saw on the news because inwardly I was hating myself for what I had done. And, and that in, inner self-hatred was just being projected out onto the, the people I saw on the news. And in a way, you could say that, that all hatred that we experience is some form of self-hatred. Um, Absolutely. Because this story that I'm sharing is sort of like how it was the root was in the past life, but the even deeper root of the self-hatred was the, the hatred of myself for thinking I separated from God. Yes. So again, I think these past lives are helpful, but they need to be put in their proper context, which is that they are an intermediate layer on our healing journey, um, that they can be useful when they're unearthed and witnessed. Um, but again, if we follow any of our issues, any of our upsets or pains within us down to the very root, it's always the same root. And that root is always the belief in separation. 
And the healing of it is always the same too, which is the release of that idea of separation, which ultimately means the ending of all attack and all belief in victimization. And that's where real healing lies. Wow. That is that brings up so many things I want to touch on. Um, okay, listeners, this is this is really important. Like as I hear you speak, Barrett, I'm hearing the you know a lot of the questions I get a, a lot of the time. You know, so Barrett has hit on a few levels here. We're going to go into the steps. One of the hardest things about a course in miracles that I've heard from people is what you just explained is that we often and everybody has their own path um, and what you've shared is so profound about what has helped you go through the layers the first layer being that you actually the reason why the child abusers bothered you is because you actually remember a lifetime when you were doing that behavior right Mm -hmm. So yeah. that happens because we all play different roles all the time. We're the victim in one life, we're the victimizer in another, we're different races, we're different genders, and all this we seem just a blip, 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 blip. As long as the mind is not healed, we're just, you know, seemingly going into these bodies and having these different experiences on every side and all of it. And so you that was important to get in touch with for you to heal that. But what is also equally as profound is that you said that's an intermediate layer. Now we don't want to skip steps, so everyone needs to be where they are. That was an intermediate layer to follow to the root, which is because sometimes people don't actually have the same experience, right? You, that, that person's a murderer so that I was a murderer. I. It, do, it doesn't always happen exactly that way, but when we get to the root of it and we say, oh my gosh, you know what? I'm, I'm really upset because of my belief in separation that's projecting all this, including these lifetimes where I'm the victim and the victimizer, and it matches. The level of form matches, but sometimes the level of form either won't match or that you don't get in touch with it or aren't at the place like Barrett is to really explore these things and then to be able to come out of it with a release, which is the healing instead of judgment. So I want everyone to kind of understand the layers there. Sometimes you go to specific things where, oh my gosh, I was a body that did this, so I'm upset that this body is doing this. Sometimes the body form won't won't match, right? But the unconscious guilt is still there no matter what the form is taking. So really important points. Yeah, yeah, that's a very clear explanation of it all, Jackie. And I I would just also say, you know, when I talk about this, I often get a question, well, how, how am I supposed to heal this if I don't have memories of past lives or I don't have, you know, a conscious understanding or, or, or experience of that? Well, I would say that it's not necessary, you know, that sometimes these memories can be useful if they do come forward, but again, for the majority of people, they don't. And the good news is that without accessing them, you can still do all the healing. You just have to use whatever is in your conscious awareness. So, you know, again, 
if I would have stuck with it, you know, maybe I wouldn't even have that that memory. I, I still could have healed this issue with with child molesters by just practicing forgiveness on it again and again and again. Sometimes there's a conscious sort of aha moment, uh, a conscious memory that that helps uh, with the understanding of it. But that's not always the case, and it's not necessary in order to do all of your forgiveness work. So I even tell people as I talk about past lives that you could, you know, you could do all of your healing and and probably never access a past life at all. So it, sure. it's not a required part of the curriculum, but but if it is a part of your experience or something you feel inside you, then you can definitely use that that experience, that feeling as a part of your forgiveness work. Absolutely, and I think what you're doing, the the helpfulness, the incredible helpfulness of this book, and sharing and putting this in perspective is is helpful on so many levels because um, the mind wants to keep us stuck and we've done this we've done that it's enough right just in in this lifetime when we look back and we go oh my gosh uh, (laughs) boy I I sure wouldn't make that choice again or you know of course you know hindsight's 2020 you know and here, when you have things like past lives that you're that you're dealing with, it it can be, like you said, so helpful yet also um, daunting. But the mm-hmm. point is, you're still forgiving the seeming past lives now. So you guys, Barrett's point is so um, important. You can, it is incredibly helpful. But for those that that, that don't have that experience it always comes down now to now to what you're doing now what you're doing in your life which whatever comes up in front of your face so part of barrett's journey and so many others journey is that those things come up in the mind to be forget see and those things that's a, a part of that maybe someone is focused on their ages 10 to 14 in this lifetimes keep coming up maybe someone else has early memories of when they were three or four and something happened maybe you don't have any memories of your childhood but you're just upset now because of the economy or you know politics or religion or your co-workers or all the big topics that the ego loves to use for division 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 right covid you know um 19 whatever whatever is in front of your face at the time that makes you make the world real you know you're re you know you're making it real when you're reacting to it you know so what does that mean always when we say oh making it real you're making it real well we're just we forget that nothing can take the peace of god from us we're in the right mind where we see everything for what it really is our dream so making it real just means we're in the we're in the ego mind we believe in separation we love our individuality we don't need to feel guilty about that but if we want to have peace in seemingly the most dire circumstances then we know we have a teacher in the mind that can help (laughs) us with that right yeah yeah it is so good and and one of my sort of mantras or mottos that that i've had the last few years is all the way you know because as you Ah. said when you look at the idea of all this you know stuff that we still have to heal all of the dark spots that are still on our our mirror of our mind it can seem daunting um 
but if we really know the depth of the help that we have, the, the all-encompassing nature of Jesus' love for us, then that fear about the journey melts away because he is, he is so clearly with us all the way. And, and we are all going all the way. We're going all the way through the fear. We're going all the way through all the stories. You know, again, it's not necessary to see every story, but what is necessary is that we are, are willing to look at it all. Ah, so beautiful. So that willingness to, to not hide anything, to not keep any sort of darkened corners still in our mind, that, that is what gets us through it all, uh, ultimately back to that experience of the Christ self, which, which is what we all are in truth. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is what we all are in truth. And you guys remember that it's a process. It's like steps. So, you know, Barrett, you say your, your chapter of the world is not what it seems, you know? You have a quote, let not the world deceive you. It was made to be deception. Yet its snares can be so easily escaped a little child can walk through safely and without a care that would arrest its progress. Dreams are dreams and everyone is equally untrue. This is the only lesson to be learned. So we create levels here. We create levels here of what is worse than the other. We create levels here. What is worse, worse than the other? And we think, well, this is worse than this, or this is worse than that. And you know what? It's all the same, and it's unreality. <laughs> and this is an advanced state to be in, because no one's denying that in the world, right, we think of cancer that's worse than a stubbed toe. And in the world, no one's denying that. But as you are in your right mind more and more, you're recognizing what the world is where those images are coming from and you can't be affected by any of them because an illusion is an illusion is an illusion so that is one of the beautiful things about the course is we're able to reflect Christ's love here and we're able to be in all our roles Barrett like our roles as your you know, energy healer and worker and and everything that you're doing and you know we're, we're brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or you know therapists or this and that and the other thing but what if your inner teacher is the Holy Spirit the purpose that we give all these roles and everything is totally different anything can be used for healing any role in any place at any time and Jesus mentioned 685s in the um, 685 times purpose, the word purpose mm. in the course, which is it's very different when we frame our day at the beginning, knowing that the purpose is going to be healing. And guess what? Things are going to come up, trigger me during the day, but I'm going to be miracle ready because I'm <laughs> shifting the purpose. My ego's purpose is, oh my God, and this, and it, you know, it's, and I have to deal this with this now. And we're really into the effect of the dream instead of, wow, the miracle brings us back to the mind and reminds us where the images, where the problems are coming from. They're coming from you and you can change your mind about them. 
It is so true. That is so spot on, Jackie. And your your comments about how there really is no order of difficulty. You know how how one thing might seem bigger or smaller. It just reminded me of um, something I heard Ken Wapnick say. That sort of the mathematical version of that is that um, any number times zero equals zero. So whether oh. it's you know one or ten or twenty or a million. You multiply that times zero, and it's it's nothing. And and ultimately, that's what we come to see with the world, is that when we really see that everything here is built on that that foundation of nothingness, it doesn't matter how big or dramatic or or intense uh, that it is playing out to look like, that in truth um, it has no power to take away the peace of God within us, and and we can get more and more diligent in that purpose. Uh, like you said, that a purpose that we maintain in, in each and every day and ultimately in each and every minute, each and every moment, um, to come into the peace that, that is our truth. Absolutely. And you guys, I just want to say one thing about it, too. You know, uh, Barrett's book is really helpful. He has a lot of exercises in there, too, uh, for you to do. And remember, you guys, the you're already home mm. the course teaches the world was over long ago so you did it i mean if that thought <laughs> is helpful it doesn't it doesn't feel like it we're in the throes of the ego world but i i call it a template i just keep this as a template in my mind the world was over long ago you did it and you're waking up in your own time in your own process right but we don't. You don't have to search for love. It's it, it's it's reflected in your right mind when you choose the Holy Spirit. It's there. You're already there. And as you start to heal all this guilt, and it starts with the personal self that we believe that we are. Right. The personal self is often transformed first, and you're healing things. Um, on that level through whatever method and then you're kind of kinder gentler looking at things a little differently and we continue to walk it back and we identify more with the mind and we start to say oh and then we go through phases where we feel guilty for not feeling guilty so that's okay <laughs> too it's all right you say well how come I'm not upset about this it's okay it's only merely because you're becoming more of what you really are as spirit and you're doing everyone a favor by thinking about them as they really are thinking about them in the mind doesn't mean you're going up to people that don't practice the course or and telling them that it's not real and don't worry that's a you're just holding these these thoughts in your mind because all minds are joined being that there's only one and that goes out to their mind and they have their guidance they too have the ego and the holy spirit so um, if you're stuck and trying to forgive people, you can just remember that they can be your savior. You can remember that you, you put them there. We peopled our world. And through the, with the ego's purpose, yep, it's going to be, there's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. The Holy Spirit's purpose will remind you that the people and the world are in your mind and that where people really are, not as bodies, <laughs> are in oneness in heaven as pure awareness and when you join with that part of your mind you serve as a reminder to them no matter what's happening on the level of form because it's just a dream right 
And Barrett, with that, I wanted to ask you um, where people can find you, if there's anything you want to share about the wonderful healing work that you do. Um, I did, in the link to this episode, I did put a link to your in the description to your book. Um, final thoughts and things you want to share and where, where people can find you. Yeah, the best way to find me is just to go to barretthedeen.com. Um, and I also have uh, a website for A Course in Miracles teachings where I have uh, different modules people can follow to deepen into the practice of the course and to connect uh, to me more, which is called miraclesu.org. That's the word miracles, the letter U, dot O-R-G. Um, awesome. But yeah, yeah, so those are ways you can get a hold of me. I guess final thoughts, I would just say, um, you know, like you were just saying, Jackie, we are already home. So, you know, just know that whatever you're going through, the essence of you is already safe in heaven, completely loved, completely cared for, without a thought of worry in its mind. And that, yes, might be that we're still catching up to that truth, but even if you can just access that to some extent, it'll help you get through the, the challenging spots that you're going through in, in the daily existence. So Beautifully said. And my friends, whether it's your past lives that are helping you, whether you're working on things in this life, whatever is coming up in your experience, that's part of your script. So these looking at your past lives may be part of your life script. And so that's what you're using for forgiveness, right? Anything that, that, that can be used for the Holy Spirit's purpose and all can be incredibly helpful. Again, if you're using them for the Holy Spirit's purpose. So I've had a lot of people that have healed the trauma in past lives that have helped them with this life because it's healing a part of, of the one mind. And Barrett just has too many wonderful stories and <laughs> powerful things in his book <laughs> to share, you know, in, a, in, a, in an hour podcast. So I, I encourage you to get it. And uh, Barrett, it was, it was such a great joy to have you on True Forgiveness Teachings again. And um, I'm looking forward to buying your book in paperback now. So <laughs> I'll do that. I can highlight things. And um, gosh, blessings. And everyone, you know, remember out there that you are love. And you are loved. And we'll see you next time. Be well, everyone, and blessings. All right, bye, everyone. Bye.